Welcome to the Be Real podcast. I'm your real girl, Shay Payne, sharing stories about real humans finding their way through the filters and highlights to create their own definition of happiness. This podcast is not a cry for attention. It's a yell for empowerment. It's a lesson in vulnerability. It's a hello, I see you. You are worthy right here, right now to feel good inside and out because beautiful human, you are bloody epic. Welcome to episode one. Hello, beautiful human, and welcome to the Be Real podcast. I am your host, Shay Payne, and in this episode, I want to share with you a little bit about my journey and how I got here and where this podcast is going to go. If we're talking about labels, I'll introduce myself as the mother of three beautiful children. I have three Earthside and two beautiful children in heaven. I am the wife of my husband, Dean, and we have been married for nearly 14 years. I'm also a trained high school teacher, and I'm proud to say that I'm a small, big business owner. But if we're talking about more than these titles, I would totally describe myself as a dreamer of big things, definitely a woman on a mission to power in humans to dream big and to bring hope to the world. But before I really get into this episode, I just want to acknowledge that this podcast isn't about me. The stories that I share are my experiences, but the lessons that I have And the lessons that I learn and that I bring to these episodes are actually for all of us. I'm sharing my stories here to create space for all humans to think about their own stories, your stories, your thoughts of empowerment and your own confidence. And what I mean by that is that I'm actually holding space here for you, for your growth and your ability to feel deeply connected to your own life and to feel present, and to find that feeling of excitement, that thing that lights you up and that sets your soul on fire. Of course, I have an English teacher background, so I need to just signpost some of the key points for this episode for you. Firstly, I want us to have a look at what it means to sit in our own story, about how our experiences and our past, we kind of let them define us, but maybe we shouldn't. And that we need to look beyond our victim mentality. And I'm going to share my own experiences of how I actually sat in victim mentality for 32 years and how now I feel so much more free being able to move beyond that. I also want to share a little bit today about how you can find what sets your soul on fire. And of course, I want you to leave today thinking about your own empowerment and how you can start to move forward and out of those limiting stories that you've told yourself. So let's dive in. This idea of empowerment wasn't always something that I had. It's something that's grown and evolved, and particularly over the last two years, this has been my journey. I guess my whole life I've been on this journey, but in particular, I can see significant turning points in the last two years. And so that is where this podcast really has evolved because I've shifted the way that I think about myself, the way I view the world and the way I perceive my past. What I've also worked out is that empowerment is actually a choice. It's not necessarily a choice that we make at one given moment and then that's it forever. 
It's a continued effort to make choices each day that lead us to feel more empowered and to make choices to live a life passion-filled and joyful. The best way to share our ideas is through story. So you'll find hidden inside these episodes some of my story. And again, remember, this isn't about me, but it's a way of helping you relate to the ideas that I'm sharing. Like all of us, my journey starts way, way back when I was born, but I'm not going to delve into every specific part of my life in episode one, but I am going to talk about things that are real and raw and honest, and that is going to continue in every episode. I also want to acknowledge before I start to unpack some things that your story doesn't have to look like mine. You don't have to have experienced the things that I have to apply some of the ideas to your life. You just have to look at how this fits with what you have experienced and how knowing more about your experiences, your habits, and the way you see the world will help you to remove some of the limiting beliefs about who you are and what you can achieve. I wonder, have you ever thought about how things that have happened to you in your life and maybe things that have happened in your childhood can have control over you now? Before my self-empowerment journey really kicked off, I didn't really know that this was happening. I didn't really know that the experiences that I'd had were having control over decisions that I was making as an adult. And I certainly didn't realize that I was actually making decisions as my five, six, or even 14-year-old self. You see, my childhood had some challenges. And I'll unpack these a little more as the episodes go on. And I get more confident about being more vulnerable. But for now, let's just say there were some challenging moments. So the story I create around my childhood was that I'm loud and impulsive because of my upbringing and that I can't help it. And that right there is an example of sitting in my story. But remember, it took me 30 years to work this out and to not use it as an excuse and then to actually turn it into confidence. For a long time, including my teenage years and my 20s and my entire marriage, I lived with anxiety, with the fear of rejection and worrying that I wouldn't be enough for everyone. I often told myself that my anxiety was justified, that it was just the way that I am, and I held on to that story like I had the right to be anxious and at times depressed because of my experiences. I sat in my stories for so long saying things like, I can't do that because I have anxiety. I can't do that because what if people laugh at me? What if they make me feel silly? Or I can't let him out of my sight because what if he finds someone better? Yes, my friends, clearly the latter thought relates directly to my experiences with my husband. I met my incredible husband, Dean, in high school. He was always one of the more popular guys and a lot of the girls wanted to go out with him. Not that I think we ever actually went out. What is that concept about anyway? And of course, I sat in the idea that I wasn't good enough to go out with him. But it's not that I really realized I was doing it at the time. I just never really went into that thought. It was inbuilt that I wouldn't even consider us as a couple. But in year 11, we became really, really close friends. And for about 12 months, we were joined at the hip. We would go shopping and chat on the phone till all hours of the night. And I had absolutely no idea that it was anything more than a friendship. I was really surprised when we actually started dating. I actually wondered why he would even want to date me and in fact then marry me. And the best bit about all of this is that he knew. He believed in me from the beginning 
and he had me in his phone under the name Dream Girl, and I dare not share that to gloat. I share it because he knew. He knew I was powerful and strong and courageous and beautiful before I did. But what I really know now is that the real power comes when we as women know that within ourselves. And let's be honest, it's actually quite humbling to be here on this podcast in episode one, proclaiming my desperation for all of you who are listening. And let me continue that honesty by saying for the next 12 years, I clung on to him like he would find someone better at any moment. I clung like a crazy woman and at times I know he thought I was. Even after 10 years of marriage, I still worried he would find someone better. And this is because I lived in that story. I told myself that I was anxious and that my thoughts and feelings and craziness was actually justified. And let me just say, if you want to test your relationship, I mean like really put it through the ringer, try going on a reality TV show. And this isn't one of those desperate attempts to hang on to the block status. It's just part of my journey. And what I didn't realize at the time was it actually gave me a really big wake-up call, one that I really needed. This wake-up call has absolutely nothing to do with our marriage. We were amazing together on the show and we were united and we always had each other's back and we're super proud of what we achieved. But the wake-up call was actually about me. I remember one particular moment, it was pouring down rain and I had my back up against a brick wall, hiding underneath the eave out the front of a homeware store and I was bawling my eyes out. I felt absolutely worthless. I felt a strong need to justify who I was and justify why people should like me. And I had to work out how the heck I was going to get rid of these red eyes before a camera was shoved in my face. That scenario was just one of many where I found myself wanting everybody to like me. And when I mean everybody, I mean everyone. Not just the viewers, but even the people working on the show, the producers, the runners, the camera crew. I wanted everyone to think I was nice and fun and an interesting person. And most of all, I wanted people to think that I was worthy to be there. Because I was afraid. I was afraid they might find out that I wasn't worthy, that I wasn't confident, that I didn't have incredible self-esteem. That might seem reasonable, but what about if your worth is wrapped up in what someone else thinks about you? What about if someone doesn't like you and then you let that make you feel like shit and you cry and you feel unloved and unworthy and less than? I didn't need to go on reality TV show for those patterns to emerge. I had these patterns long before that show. However, it amplified it and then in the end caused my entire life to crumble so I could build it back up even better again. What I realized from this experience and what came out of the years to follow was that I really opened up to knowing that I wasn't confident enough in my own skin to know I was a good person. I now know that even then I was a good person. And what I noticed after that experience was that I said no to a lot of things that a lot of people would want to say yes to. I sat in my story that my experiences of being thrust in the public eye made me even more anxious. And I said no to events and speaking engagements because I was worried about what people might think of me. I was worried about them thinking that they would ask me to come and that I wouldn't have anything good enough to share. Or even worse, I was worried that no one would turn up. 
and I would look like an idiot. Enter me deciding to create a podcast. Let's hope somebody's listening, but let's remember that now my worthiness is not wrapped up in that. (laughs) Now, when I say I sat in this story, I seriously let the stress and anxiety take over so much so that this led to two miscarriages. I don't share this lightly and I understand that this may trigger some people and I feel you. Losing our two babies really challenged me to think about what is important in life. And I think most of us do that. We reflect on what's really important in those moments of crisis or particularly in the short moments after. Those moments are really what made me turn inward and look at me and why I was so stressed. Why was I so anxious? There are a lot of people that would look at my life and want some of the things that I have. I already had one beautiful baby girl. I had a loving marriage. I was healthy. I was privileged enough to go to university. And yet here I was feeling sorry for myself. So I had to stop and turn inward and ask myself, why the heck am I so stressed? Where did this come from? Where did this start? How can I unpack my thoughts and feelings? Why was I limiting who I am in life? And who the heck am I blaming it on? Because what I realized was that it was my choice. It's my choice to limit my life. It's my choice to look at those experiences that I've already had in life and say, well, I am allowed to be anxious. When you realize it's your choice, it is even more humbling. Imagine finding out at 32 years old that you could have had more joy, that you could have found your passion sooner, that you could have tried some of those things that you wanted to try but you said no to because you limited yourself. As this started to play out, as I started to look inward, I started to say yes to what I was truly passionate about and this is holistic wellness and looking at the whole person. I want to look at how people can be healthy on the inside and on the outside. Because when I sat in those hospital rooms having those miscarriages, I remember thinking, why the F is this happening to me? I'm healthy. I quit the tox a long time ago. I exercise. I do all the right things. And yet I'm the one sitting here. But what I realized was that there was something else missing on the inside that wasn't healthy. And that was my mindset. And so that's where this really comes from. This podcast is about looking at our mindset as well as looking at ourselves holistically. I've been on a health journey for about eight years, but it wasn't until I started my own business in this field that I really had to unpack some of those limiting beliefs that I had about myself. Because remember, I was afraid of rejection. Well, imagine creating workshops and then publicly hosting them and worrying about whether someone's going to turn up. That, my friends, is really working through some of those limiting beliefs. I started listening to podcasts and reading self-help books and challenging myself to move beyond the belief that I already had about myself. What I learned was that we all have these conditioned patterns that play out in our head. They're on repeat like subliminal messages playing in the back of our minds. You may have heard them called your ego, or Melissa Ambrosini calls hers her mean girl. It's that voice that pops into our head and makes us feel like crap to hold us back. It holds us back from our full potential of joy and happiness. And gosh, does it do its job so well. 
It creates limiting beliefs in our head about who we are, what we're capable of, without us even realizing it. Now, what I learned was that I was the person that had to make the decision to change. I spent a lot of time blaming other people for me feeling sad. I blamed experiences in my childhood. I blamed those awkward, horrible moments in my teenage years in high school. I blamed the friend who didn't write back to the text message. I blamed the boyfriend who cheated on me. True empowerment comes when I realize that actually I'm the one giving power in any given situation. So if I send a text message and someone doesn't reply, if I choose to be sad about that, that's actually on me, not on them for not replying. It's really easy to sit in the idea of it being their fault. Why couldn't they take the time to reply? Why can't they acknowledge me? I put the effort in as a friend. Why can't they put the effort in back? When you realize it's actually got nothing to do with you, it's really, really empowering. You see, they have a life too. And sometimes their life is busy. But the story we tell ourselves is it's all about me. You see, those conditioned patterns that I talked about before, they leave us telling ourselves a particular story, probably one that's not actually happening. You see, we start to say things like that person doesn't write back to us because they don't value our friendship. Or then we start thinking, did we say something wrong the last time we spoke to them? Or maybe they have better friends that they text message and so they don't want to talk to us. These are the stories that run around in our head because we place our worth on someone else's decision. Actually, they're probably just busy. They probably read your text message when they're sitting on the toilet and then a two-year-old came and knocked on the door and so they forgot to reply. Does that happen to anyone else? (laughs) Or maybe you're right. Maybe they don't value your friendship. Maybe they don't want to be friends with you. Maybe they were offended by the thing that you said last time you caught up with them. But at the end of the day, you're the one that chooses to be unhappy and sad and cranky and anxious about any of those things. It's on you. And yes, I know that that'll have triggered some people because I definitely triggered me when I first heard it. Crap. Did I just spend 32 years being anxious and worried and depressed at times and it was all on me? Yep. But how cool is it that I can now choose differently? No, please don't get me wrong and think that what I'm saying is that you can just one day wake up and choose to be happy and that it's all going to be magical, unicorn and rainbows. No, remember what I said at the start, you have to choose it multiple times. Every single day you have to choose happiness, you have to choose love, you have to choose connection and you have to choose those over fear, sadness, anxiety, frustration, and unworthiness. You have to retrain your brain. For me, 32 years of habit of my ego telling me I'm not good enough. And then you have to stop blaming others. So let's be real. It takes real mindfulness work. For some, it will take medication. For others, it might take therapy. But it really does take owning up to our choices our choices to hold on to the stories, and acknowledging that we need to let it go. If we feel frustrated or triggered by something, we have to ask ourselves why. We have to feel into our fear because that's where we find the conditioned patterns. What am I really afraid of? I feel fear about doing this podcast. So I had to ask myself why. And the answer is because what the heck if no one listens? What if no one cares? What if people say it's no good? 
What if that bitchy girl in my head says all of those things? I know it's good and I know people need to hear it because there's someone out there, someone just like me living in that limiting belief and they need to hear this today. And now this is going to set their life on a trajectory whereby they can start to take some control back and start to find some more joy. I want people to try hard not to find an excuse, not to limit themselves. You know, I'm trying new things. I'm creating. I wonder if you could do something today. I wonder if you could do something. I wonder if you could think about what is something that you would love to do, but you don't because fear is holding you back. I wonder if you can ask yourself why the fear is there. Where did it come from? Could you reflect and ask yourself, when was the first time you let fear stop you from trying something you really wanted to do? You'll probably remember a moment from your childhood. You'll probably remember that moment where you wanted to climb on the monkey bars or swing on the swing or wear the pretty dress but you were worried about what other people might think of you if you failed. One of the first things I learned on this journey was to have fear and do it anyway. So find the thing, find that one thing that you can try and keep it simple. Like it could be something as simple as going to a yoga class or a dance lesson or wanting to start to run a marathon, but you don't do those things because you have fear. Find that one thing, something that's going to bring you more joy try it, book it in, and then feel empowered because you did it even though you feared it. I'll leave you with this one last thing. As a high school teacher, a student once asked me in a quiz what my greatest fear was. I know they were expecting me to say something like cockroaches or height or spiders. And I shocked them and myself when my response was this. My greatest fear in life is that I won't have a big enough positive impact on the world. And this is not necessarily about being remembered, but rather about bringing hope and empowering others. This doesn't mean that you need to start a podcast, but it does mean that you need to bring all your light to the world. So find the things that make you feel joy and do more of that because when you are lit up, so are the others around you. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Be Real podcast. I'm so grateful that you were here and that you were listening and investing in you. I wonder if while you were listening, you thought of a friend or a family member who could really use this podcast. Please feel free to share it. I also would love it if you could go and leave a review. You can reach out to me on social. My Instagram is at the earthy mama and on Facebook, I'm Shay Payne, the earthy mama. I would love to hear from you. So jump in my DMs until we meet again in episode two. Remember to go out there and shine your light and spread this message and remember, be real.